The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Daniel Garcia, and we just got done watching the Angels take two out of three from the New York Yankees at Angels Stadium. So yeah, I am recording this Wednesday right after the game. Garrett Cole threw a wonderful game. It sucks that it had to be against the Angels, but he threw a really, really good game. If you're just a fan of pitching in general, um, kind of regardless of where it came from or who did it, that was a really good game. So since last time I was on, obviously the Angels had two games against San Diego. They end up splitting those games with a huge offensive explosion on Saturday of 10 runs. Had a day off Sunday. Everyone that said it, weird, yeah. Um, but they had a day off Sunday, and they had New York coming in to town. Um, a team that is really working hard to hold on to that wild card spot. Um, and even trying to go after the division, even though I think Tampa Bay kind of has that sewn up at this point but New York definitely came into town with something to gain um, when they played the Angels but the Angels started out the series on the 30th of Monday as a bullpen game that was kind of going to be the um, direction the Angels went this game not sure coming into it what was going to happen all they knew or all that was told to fans was that Mike Myers was going to get the start was it going to be a bullpen game? Was it going to be an opener situation? You know, a lot of guys coming up, a lot of guys going down. Um, obviously, Detmers being a starter that's on the COVID IL, that kind of hurt the rotation. Obviously, we've talked in past about Sandoval and, you know, what ended up being him being shut down for the rest of the year during this time. Um, that t- He got taken out of the rotation. So, it kind of came to a point now where what moves do they make? Well, in this game, like, like I mentioned, they put Myers in to start the game, gave you two innings, gave you two runs, and those two runs came in the first inning. But after that, um, that second inning, he pitched uh, complete shutdown. And actually, too, the bullpen game wasn't terrible. The final score was eight to seven. So yeah, you look at the runs and you're thinking, wow, they gave up a ton of runs. But you look at um, Kuhara, you look at Junior Gara, those are the guys that gave up the most runs after Meyer. You had Selman come in with the zeros. You had Waltz come in with zeros. You had Cishek come in with zeros that actually pitched more than an inning. He went an inning in the third. Then obviously you had Rizal Iglesias come in in the ninth to shut it down, save. That was his 28th save uh, that night. But he had huge offensive explosions. Um, RBI is all over the place, but the main one, the Grand Slam by Captain Jack Mayfield. Huge Grand Slam, four runs, one swing of the bat, and obviously that really kind of 
opened up the game for the Angels. Um, but you had, you know, contributions from a lot of guys. You had an RBI single by Joe Adele. Uh, like I mentioned, the Grand Slam by Jack Mayfield. Um, Jose, or, uh, Shohei Otani even hit a home run off of Andrew Heaney, who came in this game as a reliever. First time, I believe they said in his career, came in as a reliever, lefty, Otani. As Angel fans, you know what could happen with Andrew Haney on the mound, and that's exactly what happened when Shohei got to him for his 42nd and MLB leading home run. Juan Lagares, a triple. I mean, there was a lot of contributions in this game that the Angels needed, obviously, with the 7-8 final score. But they end up taking the first game versus New York. Uh, the crowd there was very split. Um, I, I heard from a couple people that were there. You can kind of see it on TV. The stadium was very split as far as Angels and um, Yankee fans. So kind of more of the same on 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 Tuesday. Again, Angels and Yankees. This time the Angels were supposed to put out Jaime, or, um, Shohei Otani for the Tuesday start. Got hit on the hand against the Padres. Scared everybody, me included. Got take didn't get taken out of the game, played the rest of the game, so there was a good sign. But ended up coming that he was going to be scratched from his Tuesday start because there's still a little bit of soreness, but he was playing. So Jaime Breer gets the start, a guy that has been bouncing back and forth between bullpen and starter, and a guy that if you can get him to be a starter, great. That I, I've mentioned it I don't know how many times. It adds depth to that rotation where you're going to need depth because – as we're seeing now, more and more, you can't get through a season with just seven, eight, nine starters. You need a lot of um, a lot of starters and a lot of um, uh, depth in that position. But Hamik ends up going four and a third, or four, yeah, four and a third gives a five hits, only two runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Um, but other than that, a, a pretty good uh, pitched game by the bullpen. I know it's kind of weird to hear that back to back games. Um, you have the young kid that just came up, uh, Paguero, Elvis Paguero, who was uh, acquired in the trade. Again, I said this last time, I like his stuff. I do think it's a little early for him. What happens next season will be, I think, a next step up. But um, he's kind of shown his last two outings that he's not quite there yet. He still needs um, a little bit of seasoning. But um, the bullpen gets to the sixth, the ninth inning. Iglesias comes in again for another inning. Two strikeouts. His 29th save of the season. And the Angels win this game. Um, truthfully, on the back of, of Goslin has two RBIs. Walsh had a huge home run. These guys um, were coming in clutch. Otani steals home. Goslin, and, uh, Goslin on first. Otani on third. Um, Gosselin still second on the throw to second. Otani breaks for home and he gets, and he's safe. The first time a pitcher or anyone that stole home also has a victory on the mound since like, I think it says like 2001. It was like some Dodger pitcher too. So history again being made. Um, but Otani does a little bit of everything. Like you look at his, you look at his line, only two at bats because they walk him twice, but the two times he gets on base, he comes around and scores. So, I mean, if you're going to put him on, at least he could do is come around and score, and that's exactly what he did. Angels win this game, uh, six to four. Again, taking two out of the first, the two out of the first two games against New York. Uh, this at this point seals the ser- the season series 
uh, win against the Yankees. So that's always good against a good team like New York. Um, like I kind of mentioned when we came in, going for the sweep, Garrett Cole was just absolutely on fire. And again, if you're a fan of just pitching in general, you had to love what you saw there from Garrett Cole. It just happens to really suck that um, it happened against your team. But Cole, 15 Ks, ends their four-game losing streak. He's an ace. He is a top-end starter. That's what you want him to do. So, you know, that's a good game. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this game as we jump on Instagram live. Um, Halo underscore Haven is our Instagram handle. Always go there, check it out for updates about the podcast. Always go there to update um, about what what we're talking about. And, you know, we're always open to DMs and how uh, and if you guys want to talk a little bit on there. So, again, it's Halo underscore Haven. But, yeah, so this game just ended. Cole was really good. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Cole is a frontline starter. Cole is an ace. Cole is probably your Cy Young favorite right now. And the Angels kind of run into a buzzsaw. You know, they won the first two games, which is great. You like that. They won the first two games of the series. This third game was kind of playing with house money. But Cole came out, and he looked really good. Um, Like I mentioned, seven innings pitched, four hits, only one earned run, 15 strikeouts. Packy Non got the start. Um, for the Angels today as they continue to kind of shuffle their starting rotation because of the injuries, um, COVID-related or non-COVID-related. But it's still kind of uh, a mixture of guys um, and who's starting when and all that stuff. So we did get news today. Uh, Again, we're recording this Wednesday night. Shohei, or day off Thursday, Shohei does start Friday. So that's good news. Like I mentioned before, getting hit on the hand, his pitching hand against San Diego got pushed back, was supposed to start Tuesday, didn't happen. But the fact that they're putting him out there again so soon on Friday is a really good sign. Um, Alex Cobb also had a bullpen, I believe, yesterday or, or, or today. 30 pitches. He looked good. So there's another person that could come in and kind of help this rotation. Kind of, you know, so you're not juggling these guys around. There's some guys up here right now in the majors that um, – I'm just not sure if they should be up here if they're ready for it. I understand getting these guys up here. And believe me, I'd rather have guys in the in the system come up and kind of prove themselves other than um, the Angels go sign some 36-year-old pitching free agent that hasn't pitched this season or has been bouncing around from team to team just to kind of get through the season. I'd rather have them go out there and let their young guys get in, get innings, and kind of see what they have. But at the same time, not every guy, just because he's a young, promising pitcher or, you know, um, fielder, position player, means they're ready. And I think they're kind of kind of a teeter-totter on that line. Um, but I don't, I don't think, you know, some of these guys are ready, but Cobb coming back will definitely help that. Otani uh, pitching again will help kind of solidify that rotation to at least... You know, there are a handful of kids up right now that need to get innings. Packy's one of them. Um, he ends up going three and two-thirds, giving up six hits, three earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Looked good early, but this is a good hitting team. And once they get to see a new guy um, a couple times through the rotation, they start picking up on things they didn't pick up before. And I think that's exactly what happened this time is that things that were probably tricking the uh, the Yankees the first time through the lineup because it was the first time ever seeing not on the mound for them wasn't fooling them the second time around. And that's kind of what it happened because um, his first couple innings were very clean, very easy. It's, it's, it's when he got into that fourth inning that really kind of um, 
that really kind of hammered down or, or hammered home the point that uh, he wasn't going to last very long in this game. But packing on a guy that was picked up in the um, at the trade deadline for Goodwin, I believe it was last season at the at the um, at the at the trade deadline last season. So another young arm that could obviously add depth to the lineup next season when everyone comes back, and you're going to need that guy for. Um, the seventh guy, eighth guy in the rotation when someone gets hurt or needs a day off or something like that. I think he probably fits there pretty well next year as far as, like I mentioned, depth, just overall depth. Um, Andrew Wants comes out and does a really good, um, really another good outing, goes an inning, one strikeout. Kuhara goes one inning, one out, uh, one inning and a third, two strikeouts, zeros across the board. Cishek comes in, gives up a run, um, an absolute bomb by Judge. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you look at this series, you look at the bullpen usage in this series, obviously Monday being a bullpen game, so you have really high usage there. Bullpen didn't do too bad. Obviously, you had a couple guys in that Monday game that, you know, gave up a little bit more than you wanted to. But after that, Tuesday, Wednesday, the bullpen wasn't bad, and some of these names that are constantly being used in the bullpen are some of these younger guys like a wants, um, you know, obviously Austin Warren is being missed. He should be back hopefully soon coming back from COVID. Same thing with Detmer, same thing with, uh, Marte came out today, Wednesday that, uh, both Detmers and, 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 uh, Warren are in Baltimore, um, quarantining and that, uh, Marte is in, uh, Williamsport still quarantining. Marte, I believe was symptomatic, uh, Detmers and Warren were non-symptomatic, so hopefully the other two, Detmers and Warren, get back soon for the final push as last month of the season. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in baseball, a lot of stuff going on with the Angels. Today is the 1st of September, which means they have expanded rosters. Old school, you know, if you go back even three years ago, three seasons ago, it was that at the September call-ups, you had 40 guys come up, or up to 40 guys. Some teams, you know, 38, 37, 39, or you can have up to 40. Now, you are limited to only 28, which is only two over what has been the season-long 26. So you don't have a huge influx of guys. But like I mentioned before, you do have some younger guys. You do have guys that, quite honestly, have been pitching in double and triple A uh, for the majority of the season, um, Elvis Paguero is one of those guys, even though he's been up for like about a week or two now. Um, Oliver Ortega is another guy that got brought up that has not pitched yet that I'm aware of. But you also have, um, let's see, uh, you know, once his name gets caught, uh, gets brought up and down all so much, I don't even know if he's on the roster right now. Uh, Wong, but you know, like I said, there's so many guys up right now, or young guys up more so than I can remember. Um, and that's good. Like I mentioned, you need guys that are going to show you what they want, but I think this is the kind of the border where, um, we don't want too many young guys up because I'm just not sure if, if they're really ready yet. Um, and we got some names too on, on the, on the taxi squad. Um, Cooper, uh, Chriswell has made a debut. You look at some of these names that made debuts this season so far. Um, you wouldn't have known that coming into the season. Like, 
uh, Cooper Criswell. I had I wouldn't think he would have debuted this year. Even someone as doing as good as um, Austin Warren, I didn't wasn't sure if he would debut this year. Even though he was in AAA and was you know doing relatively relatively well, but then you have Jose Marte, you have Packy Naughton, you had Elvis Paguero. Um, you know, you, you had a feeling about Chris Rodriguez would definitely be up at some point. Uh, but there's a bunch of guys that got called called up this season that I, I'm i sure a lot of people didn't see coming. Detmers, you had a feeling that it was a possibility towards the end of the year. He was one of the guys that didn't really catch anyone by surprise. Uh, but I guess this gives the Angels opportunity to look at young pitchers um, in their system and kind of see what, they, what they're going to do. Now, kind of moving forward now, another bit of news that came out over this last couple of days is um, Mike Trout. The biggest question going right now, I guess, for Angels baseball is, will Mike Trout be back at some point this year? There's been so much talk about, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, you know, it's only a four to six week injury. And that was, I don't know, I, I'm terrible at math, like nine weeks ago. Um, 10 weeks ago at this point now, I, and they've even said it too. They're it's coming up quick on when they need to make a decision to shut them down. As we stand right now, this is the last month of the season. Um, it is kind of a no reason to come back, especially with this calf injury. And for basketball fans that remember golden state, Kevin Durant, him trying to play in the playoffs, coming off a calf injury, calf strain, calf tear. I, I believe it was similar to Trout. I'm not sure if it was like exactly the same, but he has something up with his calf. Try to come back too early for a championship game, championship run, which I understand. You don't know how many chances you're going to have at a championship. So I understand why he came back. But ultimately, it led to a torn Achilles. And I think that's the biggest thing that the Angels are trying to avoid. Because even Trout has said... He'll be fine. He'll do a little workout. He'll be fine day of. Next day, he's sore more so than either he's used to or expects. And I think that's the big red flag. But the big thing, too, is, though, you have to realize where your calf is, it is directly connected. The end of the calf and the, and the Achilles meet up. So if that's going to be an issue or even a worry, you can't put him out there. Because if you go out there too soon, he steps the wrong way, takes off you know, awkwardly that strained calf that could be 90% back, 80% back can now turn into an Achilles tendon tear. And that would pretty much guarantee him missing all of next year, or at least the majority of next year. So I honestly think at this point, again, we are sitting here Wednesday, September 1st, there's absolutely zero reason for the angels to uh, bring back Mike Trout, let him rest, let him get that healthy um, this isn't a third-year guy that you're trying to figure out if his good, you know, his previous year was the year where he turns the corner. No, this is Mike Trout. You know what you're going to get from him. And even if he kind of takes a step back a little bit because of the lack of playing time this year, that is still MVP quality right there. That's how good Mike Trout was. And I honestly think some fans, because of not seeing him this year, forget that and just kind of, uh, our whole hum about, oh yeah, well, well, Mike Trout's just Mike Trout, whatever. No, this guy can take a step back and still be an MVP caliber player. And so I think that's what the Angels need to do. Shut him down. Let him work out in the offseason. Let him have a full healthy offseason. If it takes another month for this thing to get right and the season's over, month and a half and the season's 
gone, that's fine. But now you can look into them, hey, vacation, whatever, get back into in the offseason, full, healthy offseason. When you see what a full, healthy offseason can do for some of these players, Otani, perfect example. The reason why he's doing what he's doing, I truly believe that he's had finally, finally a full, healthy offseason to work out the way he wants to, to push himself the way he wants to, and not have to worry, in Otani's case, about his arm, about his leg that he has surgery on as well. It's because they took their time, they let him heal, and they let him have a full offseason to work out the way he wants to and the way he knows his body is going to react. Give Trout the same opportunity because... If you put him out there too soon and he aggravates something, now you're looking at two, three months into the offseason until he can start really picking it back up again. And baseball doesn't have a long offseason to, to begin with. Where the end of September, the, the um, season will finish the first week of October. So you have from the first week of October to the beginning of April. What is that? October, uh, November, December, January, February, March. Oh, no, you got the beginning of March. So you have about four, five months of off-season. And if you're going to take two of those off-seasons away because he re-aggravates something, that's huge. So let Mike Trout recover. Take him off his feet. Tell him, don't worry about it. We're taking it out of your hands. We're going to let you sit the rest of the week because, again, the most important thing for Mike Trout at this point is having a full, healthy off-season. The last thing you want to do is give is, is, is him have a setback the last week of the season to where now he, like I mentioned before, he cannot um, work out. He cannot train in the off season. And now he's behind the eight ball, you know, learn from Otani. You gave Otani a full off season to train and be healthy this last off season. And look at the returns you're getting now. Let that go for Mike Trout. Another thing that's been up and down on Twitter and just kind of, and, and honestly, it's, it's a good question. It's a good um, stance to stand behind. And that is, Rossell Iglesias has definitely proven that he deserves an extension by the Angels. Um, but at this point, I'm not necessarily sure if Rossell would, um, you know, sign an extension before free agency. I'm not saying that the Angels are out of the running and they're not going to re-sign him or anything like that. But I honestly think to re-sign him before he hits free agency might be out of, you know... Uh, uh, out of the not out of the question because you never know what's going to happen. But if I'm Rosalie Iglesias, even if I wanted to sign with the Angels, even if I do like the Angels, even if I do like the situation that they have coming, why not for a guy that's already in his early 30s who will have only one major paycheck left, one major contract left? Why not go to free agency and at least see what you're worth? And if the Angels can match it. Great, and you like your situation, like he said before. Great, you can sign there. But I think Iglesias, Rossell Iglesias, owes it to himself, you know, and obviously his family, stuff like that, to set up himself the best he can. Like, obviously, yes, he's been paid millions of dollars up to this point. He's set for life, no matter what, you know, to this point. But if you knew you're only going to get one major contract the rest of your life at 32 or 31 why not put yourself in the best situation out there again go out there test the market and if the angels have the best offer or are close to the best offer 
then yeah, go with them. You said you'd like to be with them. Put your money where your mouth is. But I think he owes it to himself and the season that he's having, having a great season to go out there, test the market. And, you know, I want the Angels to bring him back. I really do. I think a two or three year deal for someone like Iglesias is perfect for a reliever because that's kind of their lifespan at this point. You know, like I mentioned, he's already in his 30s. I think he's like 31, 32. But I think, you know, the idea of extending him before the season's over might be uh, wishful thinking because if I'm if I'm Iglesias, unless the Angels come in and just absolutely knock my socks off with a deal that might be way over market, then, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll check out the, the free agency market. Maybe the Angels put a qualifying offer on him. So if they do lose him, they get something out of it. But I want the Angels to re-sign him. I think the Angels should re-sign him. But if I'm Iglesias, I need to go out there and try to make as much money as I can right now. I got one big contract left in me. And, I, and if I shortchange myself, that's not fair to him and, and the performance he's put out there. He has earned... I think Angel, every Angel fan would agree. He's earned whatever contract he's going to get. So you let him get um, the most he can. And again, hopefully he does come back for Angel. I want him back as an Angel. He needs to be that closer that can shut it down at the end of uh, games. Again, 29 saves as we sit right here on Wednesday, September 1st. Um, you know, now you try to build a little bit around that bullpen. You try to build um, a couple guys here and there. Again, you know, you don't need, you don't need huge name bullpen like Brad Hand. I remember when he got uh, was up for free agency. I think it was two years ago, or, or, or yeah, I think it was before the twenty twenty season, the the end of nineteen before twenty twenty, where that was a name that a lot of Angel fans, a lot of people were like, oh, the Angels need to go out and get him, need to go out and get him because he's going to solidify this and he's going to help the bullpen with that. Well, he just got DFA'd. You know, Doolittle, I think, got DFA'd um, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Trying to figure out these relievers is really, really hard. And honestly, when the season comes to an end and I'm able to get, like, Gooby on and some of these other guys that are pitching guys, you know, that's something I want to ask them. Why is it so hard to evaluate relievers and know when, you know, their, when their peak is over or when they're they're over the hill, even though they're at 32. Like that's something I really want to know. That's something I'm really interested in saying because you see it all the time. And then you get the rare, um, you get the rare occurrence where a guy goes, uh, until like he's 35 and looks perfectly normal. But, uh, that's something that the angels are going to have to look at, but you have to like from this, what you've seen this year alone, Andrew wants Andrew Warren or Andrew Warren or Austin Warren. Sorry, Alana, I hope you're not watching. Uh, you know, Austin Warren, uh, Marte, Iglesias, like those four guys, three of them really young. Uh, you kind of like how that sets up for you. And then maybe, you know, some of these other guys, Paguero can take the next step next year as he gets more and more experience. You know, that's not a bad bullpen right there if they're able to perform to the caliber where a lot of, you know, angel fans, but also angel people and, and, and the organization think they can. So you're not having to spend a ton of money. You have a, a, a back end closer guy like Iglesias, lockdown closer, you know, maybe top five, top six closer in baseball. And then you can get some of these cheaper guys that are going to outperform their contract. And that's really where teams like Oakland, that's where teams like 
the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. That's how they really do. That's how they do well. Is they get guys who outperform their contract, not break even, not um, underperform their contract, obviously, but get guys that overperform their contract. And if you can get Iglesias break even, who, uh, Rossell Iglesias break even for whatever contract he gets, but you can get over, you can get guys to overperform like Warren, like Wants, like Marte, because they are so young, that's going to make a good bullpen. That's going to make a solid, um, you know, seven, eight, nine type of setup. Like, obviously, your your front end of the bullpen doesn't need to be so locked down. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Like, you know, I, the guys that come in in the um, sixth or fifth inning of the, if the um, starting pitcher struggles, like, those aren't necessarily going to be you know, you're shut down guys. So if you can get a solid seven, eight, nine and kind of patchwork that rest, I don't think that's terrible, but you really do have to feel confident in the seven, eight inning guys, seven, eight, nine inning guys to make that work. If you're kind of suspect about the last three innings, you know, you kind of have that through the whole bullpen. If you're going to be like that for the early guys, you cannot have that for the late inning guys for sure. So the bullpen obviously is going to be a big factor coming into this off season. But like I mentioned before, besides a couple guys on that Monday game against the Yankees, they did pretty well this, this, this series considering, like I said, Monday was a bullpen game, all nine innings from bullpen guys. And they still came away with a W. They still did enough. They still got outs in the right situation. They still got, um, you know, key out to key points to, to get that W. I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live audio only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Greenroom. Question on our Instagram live. Will Rendon come back as good as he was? I, I, I have a feeling he will. Like I have a feeling that if he does take a step back, it's not going to be a dramatic one where you just feel like, oh my God, he's not. Let's remember where Rendon was pre-Angels, uh, Nationals, pre-injury. He was, you know, one of those guys you're talking about is one of the best third basemen in baseball, you know. Um, you know, Was he the top guy? Probably not. But was he in a top five, top seven conversation? I think he was. I still think he'll be, can be like a top 10 third baseman in which, you know, obviously with 30 teams, you're in the top third. So I think he can be a top 10 third baseman coming back. Uh, he has to come back a complete healthy. And kind of like I was saying with Trout, kind of like I was saying with Otani, give these guys coming off of injuries, and obviously they're going to do it with Rendon because he already had a surgery, give him a full offseason to recover. A lot of times when guys struggle off of major injuries because they're nursing those injuries all the way into the off season, get it, you know, fixed or get it worked on right after the season, you know, with any kind of real major injury surgery or, or non, if it's a serious injury, you're going to have to, you know, be off your feet for two, three months. And with, like I mentioned before, with the off season, that's like around five months long. That's huge. You can't work the way you want to work. So the fact that it happened when it did, Rendon got the surgery when he did, he can come into this 
offseason fairly healthy and ready to work and, and be able to get himself back in, into, you know, baseball shape. Obviously, the batting and all that stuff will come around when spring training happens. But the fact that they got it done when they did, it gives, in my opinion, him huge opportunity to come back the way he was last year or in, in previous years. Um, this year, you got to kind of throw away because, you know, obviously he said that this has been a lingering issue since spring training. And that's why it has led to different injuries throughout this year and finally complete shutdown. So this year is kind of a wash for him. 60 game season, complete wash for everybody. Like, I don't care if you had a great year, terrible year. That season was so weird for so many different reasons for so many different people that I don't take what happened in that 60 game sprint of a season. Seriously. You know, I kind of take it like, Oh, all right, cool. But that's not who he is or, 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 for the good or for the bad. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what Rendon does in 2022 because this will be his first, you know, knock on wood. Uh, let me find something. Hold on. First full season with the Angels, 162 games, hopefully healthy to see what he does. Um, and if he is anywhere close to what he was with the Nationals, if he was anywhere close to what he was in that World Series run, the Angels have a, a top third baseman, and they're paying him like it, so he should be that. Um, but yeah, so give some of these guys, Rendon, Trout, give these guys a full off season to recover and train the way they they want to train, and not have to worry about nursing this or you know I can't push myself too much today because I don't want to reaggravate that. I think that's is a huge thing that Angel fans need to to realize when these guys are, are taking so long for injuries, especially at the end of this uh, uh, season that to this point, we have good games. We like watching the games. The, the Monday, Tuesday games against the Yankees were fun to watch, fun to watch. Even this last game, even though they lost against Garrett Cole, uh, fun to watch. And I think right now that's kind of what you're looking for. Cause obviously they're out of the playoff position. You don't expect them to make any kind of noise. I guess the only thing they really can do at this point is kind of play spoiler, which is pretty cool. But you know, Give the proper guys rest. Give the guys that they need rest and bring them back next year 100% healthy with a full uh, offseason to work out and, um, and, 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 and prepare themselves, prepare their body. So another thing that caught my attention, caught my eye, is the shortstop position for the Angels. So many questions kind of coming into the season that we think thought were going to be solved by Jose Iglesias comes out, has a great spring training defensively puts on a show defensively in spring training, making plays, making the basic plays, making, you know, the standard plays, making the um, hard plays look standard. So coming into the season, you're like, Oh, his gloves are going to be there. If we can get any kind of pop or any kind of offense, it would be even, it would be great. But, that's not what happened this offseason. Or this season, I should say. He has struggled mightily, mightily in the field. Yes, he has on occasion have like a ESPN top 10 play where he's falling down and kind of throwing over his shoulder or on his, literally on his back and, and throwing it to Fletcher for an out. He does make those plays. He does make those quote-unquote flashy plays. Where he hurts the team, it seems like the basic plays. On that, I believe it was the Saturday game, or was it the Friday game? I have to look at the schedule. But 
on one of those games against the it was the Friday game. It was the loss against San Diego Padres where he committed two errors, I believe, in the same inning. Um and and he's been I believe the, the Angels leader in errors. Like there's no way around it in the field. And if you even look deeper into some stats and, and defensive runs saved is a pretty good metric. Obviously it's not the best metric or the only metric um, but it's a pretty good metric if you want to look at defensive runs saved uh, for defensive players. It takes into account everything, not just the flashy plays or the basic plays. It takes into account everything, you know, how much space he, he covers and all that stuff. It makes the easy throw, gets, you know, to the right spot at the right time. He is negative, negative 21 in defensive runs saved. This isn't golf. Negatives aren't good. Negative 21. Worst out of all shortstops in the league. And for a guy that had a lot of promise coming in from spring training, from the, from the plays he made, from, you know, obviously it, it dazzled a lot of people. People were like, yeah, this is the guy. He has struggled mightily, and he's on the last year of his contract. And it kind of shows. I mentioned the two-air game on Friday against San Diego. Doesn't play Saturday. Sunday's an off day. Doesn't play Monday. Doesn't play Tuesday. Doesn't play Wednesday. Jack Mayfield is in that shortstop position. And and honestly, defensively, he might not be quote-unquote flashy. But when there's a ground ball hit to him, when there is a ground ball that it should be a basic out, a basic flip to second, um, I trust him. I trust him more than I do Iglesias. I'm not looking for flash, you know, uh, I'm looking for substance. I'm looking for the basic stuff being done. And I feel like Mayfield has done that more in the limited, I'll give it. He hasn't played as much innings at shortstop this season as Iglesias. So who knows when his numbers get up there as far as innings, the chances of more errors coming are, can happen. Not going to say that's not. But to this point, I have trusted him more than Iglesias. Again, Iglesias is a free agent after the end of this year. And there's a bunch of talk about the free... And I'm sure we talked about this before on the podcast, that the shortstop free agent class that's coming up with, you know, uh, Simeon, Seager, Correa, all those guys. But what the big thing is, those guys are going to cost a ton of money. Mayfield doesn't hit arbitration until I believe the end of the 2023 or 2024 season. So either way you look at it, he is going to be cheap next year. He might be the starting shortstop for the angels in 2022, especially, especially, especially if they go out and get a big name pitcher, they need to be smart about their money where they save, where they, where they spend it and, and on who, if you want to go out there and get a big pitcher, great. That limits what you can do at shortstop at some of these other positions. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not, not upset about Jack Mayfield playing sec or shortstop. He's a guy that can give you shortstop, and again, it's limited. Do you still bring in guys maybe to compete for that position? Because maybe you know, maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs someone like uh, an Iglesias type to be a veteran presence behind them to kind of light that fire underneath them. And maybe you get one of those guys fairly cheap in the off season, let them compete. And again, especially if you get 
a starting pitcher with a with a big price tag. Now, if you don't go that way, if you don't get a big pitcher with a big price tag, then yeah, maybe you do spend a little bit at the shortstop position and solidify that. But as we stand right now, you kind of have to like what you have in house in house with Jack Mayfield. Again, he's not going to be, you know, the quintessential flashy, you know, throwing stuff behind your back, over the shoulder, you know, all that stuff. But I, I truly believe that he's going to get done the basic, um, the, the the basic plays, which I think at, at this point you'll take that. You'll take that. Just when you when you have an infield, and, and let's look at the infield that what is. Pe- projected to be next season you're gonna have walsh at first really good first baseman you know um definitely i think an upgrade from Pujols, who was getting a little slower couldn't cover as much ground definitely definitely a good first baseman second base david fletcher and from some of the double plays he made this last series to another play he made today wednesday gold glove caliber second baseman for sure should be in that running this at the end of this year. You go to third, Rendon's back. For as much as people wanted to, to talk crap about Rendon and his lack of production, none of that has came from the defensive side. None of that has come from, well, he's horrible in the field. He's, his glove doesn't, doesn't match. Like, no, his glove is always solid. His glove is always there. He's always a very dependable third baseman. So from those three guys... What you need to have a good infield is that shortstop not to be terrible. And I think that's kind of what happened with Jose. Jose has been not good. So um, you get a shortstop in there that can be average to above average. And even then, average is fine at this point. Like average at this point, you'll take it because you just don't want him to be the 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 super weak link you know obviously you have great guys around him don't let him be the really bad weak link especially when you're looking for especially when you're looking for pitchers to put the ball in play ground ball and stuff like that you need to have that pitcher know that he has the backup of his infield and i really think um jack can do that jack has done an absolute great job in the infield this year i you know um, I'm trying to look up where he's at right now. He's had a hundred or 291 innings in the infield. He has started 33 games, has played four game, uh, played 40 games. Uh, fielding percentage of, of 942. Uh, so you know, again, only five errors uh, on Jack. But then you like again, you go to Iglesias, and his error total is is huge. So. Uh, as I look it up right now, just to confirm that Iglesias air total is 16 errors this season. And again, when you have those guys that are really good around you, um, Walsh, Fletcher, a healthy Rendon, you just need your source stop not to be terrible. And if this lineup is going to be what you think it's going to be when everyone's healthy, Again, Trout's back 100%. Otani's back. You know, Marsh and Adele have shown glimpses of like, wow, they keep on going into you know this direction. They're gonna be they're gonna be, you know, very reliable major league hitters. Are they gonna be, you know, 
top top of the lineup three four five type of hitters probably not at least not right now at least not next year i don't think but could they fit in that sixth spot seventh spot maybe even um marsh or joe well marsh probably more so because joe's more of a power guy but the way it, the way madden does his uh leadoff guy i guess it doesn't really matter but one of those guys can lead off as well and then you have like i mentioned wolf trout otani um fletcher that can that can get hits you have rendon who even though people say he's overrated offensively he still you know can hit get extra base hits so you're not really worried about too much production from that shortstop you can bat him ninth like he's been i believe this last two last two games batting ninth and, and that's fine he flipped the flip the lineup over come up and hit a huge time grand slam he's had really big opportunities jack has mayfield uh this season for that so I honestly think Jose Iglesias might be on his way out uh, of the Angels, and I don't necessarily think the Angels need to make a huge splash with assigning this season, this offseason at shortstop. Again, maybe you sign a pitcher. Maybe you sign one big pitcher, and um, maybe because Alex Cobb has been injured this last you know month or so, or, or I think it's like probably a month and a half now, maybe now – his value isn't as high. Maybe you get Cobb on a cheaper deal. You get Cobb. You get maybe a big-name free agent pitcher. You get those two free agent pitchers. And then, yeah, you can fill the rotation with other guys. You can fill the rotation with Otani, uh, Sandoval, Detmers, uh, Chris Rodriguez, you know, Jaime Barea or, or uh, Suarez. You know, like I mentioned before, this pitching rotation, regardless of its next year or whenever, you need more than six guys. So I don't think you're going to be able to put, oh, well, we don't need Jaime Barea. We don't need Ken. Let's put them in the bullpen. Like maybe one or two of those guys, maybe one guy you can. But as far as like Suarez, Barea, Canning, some of these guys that aren't doing great right now, I don't think you can throw all of them in the bullpen and think that solves your bullpen issue. Like That's a whole different demeanor. And if you want them to go back and forth, I think that's a terrible idea because when was the last time – you saw a starting pitcher do great when he's going back and forth. Normally when they're young, they come up, they kind of learn the way in the bullpen. They kind of understand the big league way, stuff like that. Then they become a starter. They're a starter all the way out until they are determined. They cannot, they could not um, be a starter and they're the full-time bullpen, but they don't jump back and forth unless it's like a spot start. And that's to me, if you're a guy that does a spot start, you're not a starter. You're just a, a, a long reliever that can give them four innings. Um, should we resign Goslin? I don't know. I guess if the price is right, I just think you can get Goslin type of guys anywhere in the offseason. I think you don't necessarily need to resign him. I think, honestly, those type are kind of a dime a dozen. Um, you kind of see it everywhere. Maybe you have a Goslin type in the, in the organization already that's, you know, a Renhifo, a, uh, you know, someone like that, a Stefanik. Maybe those are your Ren- Gosling guys are going to be a lot cheaper. So I don't think you're going to need to re-sign them. I, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of those kind of guys out there, and someone can be actually already in the system. So I wouldn't worry about signing Gosling at all. But going back to the pitching aspect, you need these pitchers. You need, you're going to need like 10 pitchers, 10 starting pitchers for a season. You see how guys get hurt. Guys get COVID. Guys, you know, how is this COVID situation going to look next year? Are we still going to be missing guys for weeks at a time because of it? So in 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 theory, yes, you would love to go with your six, and that's going to be your six. But in reality, you need like 10. 
who's the top t- pitching free agent who's the top pitching free agent next year obviously there's a lot of big names i think serger because he is doing what he's doing right now with the dodgers he is the guy but you have guys like verlander granky granky's also doing really well with uh houston um but you know goss uh, um gossman the guy at san francisco he is um also doing really well but he's just kind of He's kind of weird too because he's like a one-year blip thing. Is that like a Bundy deal where he had a really good season and he's going to, you know, regress to what his season or what his career has been to this point? I don't know. If that's something, but I think obviously Serger is the top guy um, in the free agent class this year. How good is Stefanik? I haven't seen him. If you have compare him to a current or former Angel player, who would it be? So Stefanik is a, a guy that's been getting a lot of notoriety. Has been getting a lot of attention. Because, like, honestly, he has been doing really, really good in um, the lower levels. Um, I don't know much about him because, uh, you know, when he's out in Mobile, when he's out in Salt Lake, I don't see the games. I see highlights. But so I come from a – so something about me, I come from a coaching background, football. And one of the things when we try to evaluate players, whether it's scouting the team that we're going to go against or or, or evaluating a, a player on our team, we have to look at the surroundings. You know, if we're trying to scout a guy and he looks great and, and we're like, oh, man, we really got to pay attention to this guy, is it because he's that good or is it because his surrounding is that bad? In baseball, it's kind of like, well, is these numbers great because he's great or is it because he's in situations like Salt Lake? And again, you talk to anyone that knows anything about minor league baseball in the Pacific Coast League specifically, knows that that ball really, really, you know, flies in that in that uh, uh, league. And uh, you know, whether it's in Salt Lake, whether you go up to Tacoma, whether you go um, to all these other places, that is a very hitter friendly ballpark. So what you have to look at is, does his swing translate to major league stuff? Is it is it you know? Is there too many moving parts? Does this not work? Does that not work? Um, that's the kind of stuff you have to look at and not just the raw numbers because there's a lot of people on Twitter that are um, Twitter GMs, and I get it. That's part of the fun. But you have to look at it through like a scout's eye. Is this going to translate? And I don't know that right now. I think at some point you have to um, look at, you know, Stefanik's mechanics does it translate over he's done good you know at mobile but again that's kind of lower competition guys that aren't quite there uh, might be major league ready but not quite yet and triple a like i mentioned th- those those stadiums are launching pads so you can't really take his offensive numbers too credible there and then and in the same token when you look at pitchers that are out in salt lake you can't take their era or some of their numbers uh, at face value because we can talk all you want about Austin Warren and his numbers at Salt Lake. And when people, when he got called up, people were saying, why him? Why him? Look at his numbers. It's horrible. This and that comes out stuff plays stuff is major league ready. And with, with hitters, you know, it's the same thing. Do you have, does, does his mechanics, does all that stuff translate over to the major leagues? I don't know. I haven't seen enough, but you know, you can say the same thing about like Jose Rojas. You know, there's something about his swing. There's something about, I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's fun or, uh, the fundamentals of, or whatever. But it hasn't translated over to the majors yet. 
And yeah, he probably hasn't gotten a, a huge stretch of playing time. But when you're when you're one of those guys that is a borderline, you have to make the most of what you get. And you talk about Austin. You look at Austin Warren. He got an opportunity. Comes in, bases loaded, gets that out. Now, if he comes in that same situation, gives up a single two score, gets out of the inning, okay, fine. But then comes out the next inning and maybe gives up another another run, another two runs. You know, is he still up with the Angels right now? Probably not. So guys like Rojas, guys like, you know, Austin Warren, guys that are coming up right now, they need to take advantage of those limited windows and and, and generate bigger windows for themselves. So Stefanik, I think, is going to be that same kind of situation where when he does get the call, when he does get brought up, if he gets brought up, I don't think it's going to be this year. But, he, I mean, I can see him getting an opportunity in spring training. He might be one of those uh, non-roster invited types. But I think he'll get, you know, get uh, invited. I think he'll do, you know, have an opportunity to, to show up and, and show out for those guys in the front office. And same thing with, um, you know, we we're talking about a little while ago, Jack Mayfield. If, if Mayfield doesn't have the kind of stretch he's had during, you know, par- parts of the season, he's a guy that's already been like DFA'd a couple times this season. So he's probably not on the Angels. You have to take those small windows and it sucks. And it sucks because baseball doesn't doesn't you know let itself be dictated by small windows because you fail so much. So it, the odds of you succeeding in a fail first type of sport like baseball isn't very likely. But you have to take those opportunities and do the most with them. So hopefully some of these younger guys can do it. And hopefully that proves uh, to the Angels brass that they are ready for the big lights. You know, and so kind of moving forward, hopefully we get able to get some of these guys back, you know, get, get Detmers back. I'd love to see him pitch a couple more times before the end of the season. Same thing with Warren, same thing with Marte, who are on the COVID list. And other than that, you know, you look at the injury, the, the, the traditional IL, um, Cobb, I'd love to see him get back to, but other than that, you know, you have Trout that is probably gonna be shut down for the rest of the year. You have Sandoval who is shut down for the rest of the year. Same thing with, um, Rendon, like some of these other guys that are on that list are done for the year. And it just sucks that those main guys have been done for the whole year. And, and and people want to talk about injuries. And now that I think about it, I'm kind of going through my head right now. This team, numbers-wise, by the number of people, and I could be missing someone, but I, I, I don't think I am, at least from what the opening day, opening day um, roster was. But outside, obviously, of Trout being a huge one, Rendon being a huge one, there's not a lot of injuries right now. You know, you take away the COVID guys, obviously, because that's just kind of a, a, a weird situation. Cobb's on the IL. You know, Sandoval's on the IL, which sucks. His his time is shut down. But other than that, there's not a lot of injuries for this team. And I think that's why, too, you see a lot of these games being competitive, these series being competitive. Um. So hopefully, like, these fluky type of injuries, you know, Trout literally just starting to run and he tears his hand, uh, tears his uh, calf. I don't know necessarily if that's thing that can be prevented. What, he stretches maybe a little more? I don't know. But either way you look at it, it kind of sets up well for next season. Again, some key moves. And we'll, as the season ends, we'll start trying to get more and more people on that can talk better about, like, minor league stuff. Uh, free agent stuff where the angels go from here you know and just kind of recap the season but 
that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. And again, if you're watching on our Instagram Live right now, um, I'm going to end it in a little bit. But if you want to kind of go back and listen to what we talked about, um, off-season, you know, bullpen, shortstop situation, all that stuff, um, trout situation, his health, um, go back, download the podcast anywhere you download podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, all that stuff. Can Trout's injuries can can lean for next season? Yes, that I talked about that, Greg. I talked exactly about that earlier. So you definitely want to want to download the podcast when I upload it, probably in a couple hours. Uh, I definitely talk about that and the bigger picture of everything going on. So um, again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all that stuff where you get podcasts, you can get them there. Um, if you are an iOS user, if you are an Apple user, please um, rate and subscribe the podcast. Five stars help this again spread the word as we're trying to grow this as the season ends and guys become more available, like players, like um, uh, rioters, broadcasters, evaluators. As they become more available after the season, we'll get more and more guys like that on. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram and on our Twitter because we will post there what we're doing, when we're doing it. And, you know, a lot of times we'll ask you guys, fans, what kind of questions do you want to hear? And then you, you know, it's a way for us to interact also with you guys. So definitely follow us there, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Definitely give us a follow there. Um, But, yeah, so this is going to be the end of this uh, podcast. Future going forward a little bit, just something, again, about me right now. We are in the process of moving. Me and my wife got our own place. Um, we were pretty much renting a room, and I am literally in a closet right now. Um, so that's going to change. But we got a place. We're going to start moving stuff around in a little bit. So the two per week might be kind of delayed. We'll, I'll try to definitely get one per week for sure, especially this last month of the season as we move into our new place and uh, kind of make it. You know, maybe Halo Haven 2.0. I don't know what the situation. I don't even know if my wife's going to give me a room to do that with. That's a whole conversation for a different time. But, um, you know, please subscribe. It's the way you, you stay up to date on all this stuff on the All Angels podcast, Halo Haven, all that stuff. So I am Dale Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.